Alrighty, guys, I'm back again to uh, annoy you about giving us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast from. And honestly, yes, I do feel a little bit like Lumberg uh, whenever I show back up here asking you to do this. It's like I'm asking you for your TPS reports. But if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating or a review, that would be great. Thanks. Um, it seems that at a certain point in our country um, that people um, started using the conjunction or that they were choosing between a health crisis or an economic crisis. And I fully reject the conjunction or and was thinking about and you have to engage the health crisis and the economic crisis at the same time. Alrighty, boys and girls, welcome in. Another fine week of quarantine here at the uh, <laughs> Quarantine Central on uh, this uh, Alabama politics this week. I keep wanting to say this week in Alabama politics, but that's not right. So it's Alabama politics this week, and uh, it's, uh, you know, boring as usual. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. Let's uh, hope not. We uh, don't want it to be boring. Well, I mean, we're not boring, but I mean, the rest of life is, and so, yeah. I mean, there's, you yeah. know, I've, I've entered, I've entered, uh, with the, the stages of grief here, I'm, I'm, I'm up to I'm up to acceptance of things, and that's just how we're living, I reckon. All right, this is Josh Moon, and uh, that is David Person. Uh, you know, we're uh, we're gonna kind of we're gonna listen. We're gonna make this as upbeat as possible. But uh, uh, you know, I had somebody uh, ask on social media last night what I miss most about sports, and it was just uh, it was just heartbreaking. Uh, you know, mm. I. I don't know. Are you not? Are you a big sports? Well, no, I am. In fact, I was going to say I've actually been getting a kick out of watching some of these. Um, I think it's on Wednesday nights. ESPN does these NBA mm-hmm. finals replays, mm-hmm. and they did like two back-to-back Kobe mm-hmm. um, Kobe uh, championship games, game sevens, yeah. on uh, Wednesday, and I kind of like those, man. So I've been digging that. I do too. I mean, I did hear a guy. One of the only times I've I've, I've agreed with Trump is you know I, I I hope the sports get back soon because I'm tired of watching 14 year old baseball games. I mean, <laughs> I, I listen. I I know people ridiculed him for that, and uh, but I couldn't agree more. I just I'm so sick of watching something from you know from 15 and 20 and 30 years ago and and, and uh-huh. pretending as oh it's great yeah let's tweet about this and I mean it's well just, I'm not yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not going to tweet about it, but right. I'm kind of enjoying the nostalgia. It's kind of fun to relive some of that stuff. Right? No, I, I don't, I, and I don't mean I don't mean that that what you're saying is not entertaining because I'm watching just with you <laughs> myself. But I mean, uh, I mean, it just that no matter, it's, it's almost like phony excitement at this point. You're trying well to, because we know the outcome. Yeah, I mean, you're just like, yeah, look how great this was. <laughs> I take one live game overall, like crap. I right now, I just. Uh, well, true. Yeah, true. just no one. Doubt. No doubt. I, I, I don't know what's going to be the first game back, but whatever it is and whatever sport is going to be the most watched sporting event you think in so? the history of American okay. sports. So uh, so you're telling me if it was uh, something like uh, lacrosse? <laughs> I watch just, it. Dude, we're watching marble races at this point, okay? 
I spent 20 minutes watching Marvel races the other night. Oh, right? yeah. You really need a fix yeah. there. Yeah, you're yeah. hard up. You need a fix. I can't I can't take it anymore, man. <laughs> I put, put, them out in mat, put them in hazmat suits and get them out on the diamond, for God's sakes. I mean... Well, I tell you what, I've been I've been looking at, you know, some of them are maybe a little obscure, but not all of them. Obscure movies and TV shows on Netflix and Amazon Prime, yeah. and uh, and and even some stuff on the on the premium channels. And I got to tell you, one one that I just saw that I'm going to rewatch because I realized that it, it's telling an important story mm-hmm. that I I didn't quite. Because I watched it in bits, I need to just sit and watch it at one time. Is the laundromat? Have you heard of that? I've heard of it, but I've not watched it. Meryl Streep stars in it, mm-hmm. and then you've got Jeffrey Wright and um, Antonio Banderas, Gary Oldman. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an interesting examination of the lead up to um, the. Um, one of the major financial crises, uh, major financial scandals, I'm sorry, of the 2000s, mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And, and it's really, it's told through a variety of, uh, it's, a, it's a Soderbergh movie, right. Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's pretty, you oh, know, yeah, he's, he's pretty, good. he's pretty good. He's made a few, yeah. Yeah, he's done, a, he's yeah. done not too bad, not yeah. too shabby. And, and, and so he uses these sort of multiple characters interweaving them to tell this story about and he, and he does it from a global perspective which mm-hmm. is also interesting so he's bringing in stuff from south i think south america the united states china uh some some other place weaving them all in together to try to explain how the american people and others have been just duped and and built by the rich yeah it's a good movie. I, I think I think it's something that that people ought to look at. So I'm saying all this to say, Josh, that instead of watching marbles, <laughs> you could be looking at the laundromat or something like that. You know, did, don't punish did, yourself. Did you just highbrow me? <laughs> Is that what you just did? You just highbrowed me on this? I mean, I, I mean, I, I, listen. I, I will admit, as I was sitting there listening, I was thinking. Jesus, I need to step up my watching game over here. I'm watching Marbles reruns of Friday, and uh, well, no, I'm not, I'm not knocking uh, reruns of Friday now. Friday's a classic, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, listen, I, 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 I can't. I, there's just, I, and I would tell you that I'm not like a sports nut. I covered sports for a, a decade or so, mm-hmm. and, and and grew up with them, loved them, played them, uh, uh, but. I don't, you know, and still, still play basketball uh, a fair amount, a lot less than I would like to uh, now. But I, I, I would tell you that I'm not a, a, a sports uh, nut, uh, you know. I, I just, uh, but there is something, and that's why I said last night. It's uh, I, I, I'm on social media talking to people about this stuff or whatever, and, and the, the question was, what do you miss most about this? And I, I was, it, it, it is a simple thing. I, I sit at night as I'm working after my wife and, and daughter have gone to bed. Uh, you know, that's where I do most of my work. And um, 
you know, I, I will flip on a game, let it run in the back, kind of in the background quietly. Mm-hmm. Uh, basket, you know, you, a lot of times it's West Coast basketball game, you know, the late game uh, that's on between 10 and, you know, 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, you know, play, the, you know, watch that, um, you know, uh, the or in the, um, you know, in the, in the summer, it's a baseball game usually. Yeah. You, know, you know, the Braves or, you know, whatever, whoever's on. And, and so it, it's uh, it's almost a comfort thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, you know, I many times just kind of set up and watch until whatever is on and i don't even care I, you know i don't even care who's who's playing you know denver and you know denver and sacramento you know what i mean i named four people on those teams but well, actually you've not been doing too bad the past uh, season yeah. both of those teams. really oh well i yeah. know denver had i knew denver yeah. was doing pretty yeah. well this year the sacramento, sacramento stepping yeah they're kind of they're, they're coming right? up yeah they've got they've got some young guys that guy fox and some other people oh yeah yeah DeAndre yeah, 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 kentucky kid not yeah. too bad uh yeah yeah, you know, and and then I missed the tournament too, and that's my, and the NCAA tournament's my favorite. That yeah, weekend I think, of the yeah. of the tournament has always been my favorite uh, weekend of sports. And mm-hmm. So, but listen, enough crying. Uh, there's no crying in baseball <laughs> or uh, basketball. Yeah, we watched that the other night too. Uh, but um, you know, I, I'm going to say uh, to to kind of start the uh, show properly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to say that. Uh, oh, and by the way, I, I just got a message that apparently we are we're going to be able to run down uh, Randall Woodfin, oh, mayor, great. mayor of Birmingham. Great, good. Uh, so we, we've been kind of back and forth. We had uh, Terry Sewell was going to join us, and she is under the weather, and so we were a little mm. uh, okay. a little bit in scramble mode to, to get some folks on with us. And, uh, and and Randall Woodfin, we've been efforting him for the last uh, couple of weeks efforting. or a couple of months. Yeah, it's a new word um, uh, that I made up on my. You know, from watching somebody else say it. I think Tony, um, Tony Kornheiser, I think, I think that somebody, came out of his show. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I thought, no, it was Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. It was a Dan Patrick efforting. Yeah. Really? Him and Rob Dibble. Yeah. Okay, I used to hear it on Kornheiser. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they said the same thing. Yeah. Okay. And the same producers. But uh, so we, we've been trying to get uh, Randall Woodfin on for a while now, and he's been, uh, as you know, all the mayors that are actually doing work out there have been really, really busy. And so uh, we, he was yeah. able to make a little time for us here in about a, you know, not that. Y'all will know, but in about an hour. Uh, so we're we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do here. Uh, but uh, to to kind of start it off uh, uh, proper with what we're gonna discuss today, there is now talk of uh, the reopening of the country and reopening of the state of Alabama. Uh, the president is um, we we do this on third. We record on Thursdays. The president is later today going to. Uh, introduce new guidelines for states uh, to, to help them open back up. Uh, Kay Ivey and, uh, and Lieutenant Governor Ainsworth has uh, have a have a group. Uh, together that are going to examine opening Alabama back up uh, to, to business and uh, you know let people go back to work and let people to go back to shopping. Uh, and um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna kind of break a little bit of ranks uh, here uh, with 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 people on the uh, on the less uh, on the more democratic side of things and say um, if if the proper things are done and the proper weight is put on things, I don't see. Well, first of all, there there are many things I think can be done right now anyway that I think 
personally were very unfair to people uh, uh, to, from the from the get go. Uh, namely, I don't understand how you can tell me that Walmart and Lowe's and places like that can be open, but you're going to close down some little mom and pop places over here and not impose the same guidelines on them and let them remain open. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how that can be fair. I don't understand how it's fair to those folks uh, that that are that are working in your communities and, and doing things like that if they're selling similar products they're selling a lot of the same stuff and you tell me a big box place can open up and have hundreds of damn people running around in there uh, at a time when a mom and pop place over here that at most on a good day is going to have 20 people in there at a time uh, they're going to be well below the half of 50% of the fire code Uh, and if they follow protocols and keep their distance I don't understand why they couldn't have been open to begin with if you're going to let these folks open up and, and let people run around all over the place then the there's no point to this, all right? Uh, so I, that's just me personally. I, mm-hmm. I felt, I always felt that. I understand the the point of trying to limit what people are doing and trying to limit where people can go and still provide them opportunities to go and get out, get their necessities, all right? But Lowe's ain't a necessity, all right? I mean, you know, going to get your grocery stuff that's a necessity. If you have some things that are that are broken or stuff, I, I could, I guess maybe I could see a Lowe's or someplace like that. But you can't tell me that a Lowe's place is a necessity and the local hardware store isn't. Okay. Well, no, I think you. I think you make a good point. I mean, the we're talking about similar products just on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. so you can't you can't disqualify them from that standpoint. You can't say it's not essential mm-hmm. if they're doing the same thing that a big box store is doing, and then your logic about you know just what happens on the smaller scale in terms of human interaction. Again, that's logical. That makes sense. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So let me let me uh, go let me, further let to let the me go edge. further. <laughs> so <laughs> let me see if I can't lose you. <laughs> uh, I, I also agree that there that, that we sh- should. All right. I think that the wrong. First of all, I wish somebody from the Republican Party. Uh, would would call me and pay me thousands and thousands of dollars to work on their messaging to people, okay? Because I think that uh, what the, the the terminology that they have used about reopening the economy, mm-hmm. all right, sends a message of dollars over people, all right. Mm-hmm. Where I I think the message that they should be sending is is look at, around this country at these people who are lining up by the tens of thousands in bread lines uh, to get basic food for themselves and their kids who cannot go to a doctor's visit, who are allowing problems to linger on, in their health, who are who can't do basic things, who are going to lose their homes, who are going to lose their apartments, who are going to lose their cars, who are going to lose all sorts of things. So when you say, and I understand that there is death on the other side here, okay? I, and, and that's always the go-to. And and I and I get that. I get the seriousness of the disease. I'm not trying to put it down. But at a point here, we have all looked at what's taking place. And I don't know how much further we can go with this until uh, and again, I, I don't want to use the the cure is worse than the disease uh, terminology, <laughs> but that is kind of the fact here. This, the 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 solutions that are being imposed are going to be worse for a whole lot of people than what uh, the results would be if we eased back some of these things, let a lot of these people go back to work and let them pay their bills. Mm. 
counterpoint? Yeah. So I would say I would say that I think what you're doing is you're you're a you're a uh, a liberal progressive thinking put trying to put yourself in the context of what a Republican would say or do or should be saying or doing. And the problem with that is that these conservative Republicans and, and let me phrase it that way, because specifically we're talking about, you know, these these really hardline conservative Republicans, not all conservatives and not all Republicans. Mm-hmm. But you got you got a lot of these people whose logic is so twisted that they're actually saying it would be better for people to die than for the economy to die. Yeah, yeah. No, so the, you know, so you got people out there who the the people that they are speaking to with their messaging is the people who really are concerned. I think about the economy first. Mm-hmm. When they look at something like this, they're not thinking about people who are suffering. They don't give a damn about people suffering right. because they it, it's under a lot of their policies that people are suffering anyway. Mm-hmm. Whether you got COVID nineteen or not, you know the, mm-hmm. the, the the categories of people that are hardest hit in this country on a daily basis and have been historically. Republican conservative policies, generally speaking, don't even consider or address. Right. So the reason they're using that language, Josh, mm-hmm. is because that's who they're speaking to. And I, and I understand that. I, and, and, I, and when I say that I wish that they would, uh, that they would, they would talk to me about the messaging is, is because I think that, okay, almost by accident, mm-hmm. by accident, I think what they want to do would benefit a lot of the people that you're talking about. Okay, I, I, uh, I think that, and I understand that, that their policies have for for years and in general, we, and we certainly agree on that that they they've been pushed aside and they've not considered them, and which is why now they don't have any idea how to talk to them exactly. or how to solve their problems exactly. or how to how to even how to even know their problems exist. Mm-hmm. All right, so mm-hmm. so I get I get that, but I think that those people are the hardest hit right now. The guy that is running, you know, fifteen restaurants here is yeah, he's he's losing money uh, on things, but. But you know what? He he's not going to lose his house. He's not going right. to lose his cars. He's right. not going to lose anything. But the people who were working for him, they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that's where I'm saying uh, if we can go back to some form here of uh, you know and put things in place. Now I'm not just talking about that everybody just go back out to eat and, and everything be open. I'm saying uh, you, you you maintain the fifty percent rule on, on the capacity. Yeah, uh, you know you maintain uh, that people need to wear their masks. Uh, need to need to wear masks in businesses, and you expect businesses to impose that uh, on on not only their staff but the people who come in. Uh, that you impose uh, you know the the guy uh, the other guidelines for uh, for keeping things and we have to have a massive amount of testing and tracing all right uh as of now i don't know where we are with that uh or we're not we're not even close yeah uh but i know we've just that we've just recently got the uh the 15 minute test here uh and i'll tell you something else that's going to cause a problem is um and back to another republican issue is has been the cuts uh, that Republicans mm-hmm. have done over the last decade. Mm-hmm. The Alabama Department of Public Health has mm-hmm. been reduced from 6,000 people to 1,000 over the last mm-hmm. 10 years. That is atrocious. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's causing a problem because they know they need to go out and do the uh, the tracing and the testing. And they don't have the capacity to do it because they don't have the people. And so they're right now trying to hire and train a bunch of people uh, to be able to do this. And, uh, you know, so, but I do believe that... 
there is a way in which this can can take place and i do believe it's a good thing to work towards that sooner rather than later well i think it's smart to talk about it i think it's start i think it's smart to plan it what i'm concerned about is a premature execution of it mm-hmm. uh, until we have a real handle on you know where this disease and i'm just talking about alabama though this applies really to the nation mm-hmm. and, and until we have a real good handle on where the disease is and what it's doing, is it spreading? Have we flattened the curve, as we like to say? You know, until we can really speak to that definitively, mm-hmm. I think it's a risky proposition to say we need to we need to start opening up for business because we don't know what we're opening up the businesses to. You know, even with the, you know, even understanding what you're talking about in terms of instituting very rigid safety provisions, because mm-hmm. my my feeling is that human nature is going to kick in. Mm-hmm. And with that, what I mean by that is that, you know, after a few weeks of, you know, masks and whatever else. And, and again, we know the incubation period is at least two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, so after a couple couple, three weeks of that, people are going to look around and say, eh. Yeah, you know what? Nobody's dying. Nobody's getting sick. Nobody's coughing. Yeah, let's uh, let's you know. I'm gonna relax this, mm-hmm. and and that's what and that then I think is when, you know, uh, asymptomatic people, you know, and others, you know, however this thing is being transmitted, originated and transmitted, mm-hmm. will then be able to help the virus come back to life. I don't necessarily disagree with all you said, but my problem is uh, is in making uh, laws or making rules that are are kind of presumptive on people doing the wrong thing that are based on people the the uh, the anticipation of people doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, you know so so if we're saying if people follow these rules and guidelines that that will probably be okay, but. We know that they're not, or, or we, we suspect that maybe they won't if they see things are okay, and so we, we don't want to do it. I, I, I don't. I think that if we can, first of all, I think uh, in the immediate future right now that everybody would be so happy to open and get back out to doing things and earning some money uh, that they would do whatever. Yeah, if you told them you needed to paint the walls neon green and and, right. and you know only open the doors three quarters, right. uh, then that, that's what they would do. Right, uh, initially, initially, I, and, yeah. But and then you know, I, I also just looking at the at the numbers of this, uh, at the numbers, and and again, not you know, whenever you start talking about numbers, and, and and especially when you're talking about numbers about doing it this way, people automatically jump to, oh well, what's the acceptable death rate for you? You know, I, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, you know, there, there's not an acceptable death rate, okay, but. But I do think that if you are a person with, with who are, are you know, predisposed to being affected more harshly by this disease, then you should take that precaution. You should you should continue to do exactly what you're doing here, uh, you know, and and limiting your contact with people uh, and limiting how you contact people. Uh, if you are if you're not though, if you're not one of that group of people, you know. The, the rates of illness and the rates of recovery from illness and the rates of recovery from illness without uh, hospitalization are really, really high, even without the protocols. OK, if you put the protocols in place, they are way higher 
than that. All right. So what are we talking about? Let's say if you're t- if you tell me for the next month, two months, that we can open it back up to 50 percent capacity, put people with masks on, uh, you know, have the have the other things that are going on, try to try to up the testing and the tracing. What then becomes the rate of illness out of that? I think that it's minuscule. Well, you may you may be right about it again, but I think we're in terms of the rate of uh, illness. But again, we're talking about something where it's hard to really pinpoint when the virus becomes active and begins to actively take control of a host, meaning a human mm-hmm. being, because it just lays there apparently dormant. Right. You know, and it can also be on surfaces dormant and it can be other places. There's a, and then I was looking at a, uh, this nurse who did this really interesting demonstration on social media about cross contamination. Mm-hmm. You know, just showing how even if you're wearing gloves mm-hmm. and you're and you're taking some of these precautions, you know, if you come into contact with the virus, even wearing gloves, the, the danger of cross contamination is imminent. It, right. is, it is very likely. And so she was saying that that, in fact, she really was advocating that you probably be better off. Just not even wearing gloves, just washing mm-hmm. your hands, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and being conscientious about that. But anyway, should, should you wear gloves while you eat a bag of grapes in the grocery store? You shouldn't do that, probably. You probably shouldn't eat a bag of grapes in the grocery store. No. Maybe we should start there. I just I saw COVID nineteen or not. I, I saw some people doing that the other day. Or, well, I saw Are you lady. serious? She had a, had her had her gloves on. She was standing in front of. She had her buggy in front of her. She was just knocking grapes at one right after the other, buddy. All that COVID nineteen just right. going right into her. Couldn't figure out why she was sick. <laughs> Good night. Uh, uh, no, it's uh, and and, and I, I understand all that. I, I just, um, I you know, but again, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm, I, I'm well talking about it. You know, yeah. and th- and this is one area where I guess I'll have to say I don't disagree with Trump in this regard. It is Ooh, time. Down. It is. Down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's only going to happen once, <laughs> once every <laughs> right. every twenty or thirty That's years. Right. Um, you know, it 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 does make sense to start talking about it and thinking about it and mm-hmm. planning toward it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's even I think it's even smart to to suggest that you know we're going to have to do it in phases. I mean even de Blasio's talked about that mm-hmm. up in New York. So I mean I, I Boy, think de ba- all of the- de Blasio's really really been an idiot with this thing. Well, I mean he really has. He was he was way slow on this, man. He was bad slow. Uh, and well, I mean, Cuomo Cuomo, well, okay. I mean he was yeah. bad slow. And not only was he bad slow, he was bad slow and loud wrong. I mean that oh. was oh he was telling people to come on down and uh, you know after San Francisco was shutting things down and de Blasio was like yeah come on out we're partying you know and then he went for the and he drove across what the five boroughs to go work out after they closed the gyms and uh, it's just been a been a rough time for my boy there well okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have brought up de Blasio but but I but I, I my point is I think it makes sense to begin uh-huh. uh, looking toward uh, 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 as much as possible a normalization yeah but I'm I'm just my only quibble with you really is how to phase it in and really more importantly when to phase it in and I just don't think we're at the point yet where we can say 
let's just say in May mm-hmm. that we need to be doing, which is what Trump is really pushing for. Yeah. He wants to do this in May. Well, he's going to uh, actually. The, well, he's going to start gonna offer he, guidelines. It's yeah. actually going to start before the May. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, the, for, for some states, for if, some, they wanna, yeah. if they want to, if they want to do that. I think he but, sees it on a national basis, yeah. you know, in May. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. He's talking about uh, instituting some stuff that would allow some. Uh, and, of course, the governors are, interestingly enough, a lot of these governors are pushing back saying, mm, yeah, we're going to do it when we want to do yeah, it, when and, we think we yeah, need to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, you know, to her credit, Kay Ivey said essentially the same thing. We yeah. appreciate his advice, right. and we'll listen, but you know, right. we're going to we're gonna listen to our folks here and see what we need to do. And, and she did. Uh, Give her credit for uh, that. And, and yeah. so, you know, I think that, that is a, it's an important uh, it's an important step there. And, and you know... And you also hate to say this, but it's also, you know, you also would kind of like to do it just to see how it goes. You know, is it going to, is that going to cause a problem, you know, and is it going to start to put the, uh, oh, the number one rule of broadcasting. Yes, you're right. (laughs) And you know what, unlike you, see, your phone rings all the time. Mine rings so rarely that I'm actually shocked when I get a call. So let me just go ahead and do that. Now, we're done. Uh, uh, no more interruptions. Uh, you're good. You're good. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, you, you, you don't want people to get sick and you don't want people to die, obviously. I mean, right. no, no, I don't think anybody wants that. I think some people are, as you said, way more willing to allow that to happen yeah. than others. Very uh, I mean, yeah. for God's sake, Arthur Orr. Has yeah. got some stuff on his Facebook page right now that is does he really nutso man? Okay. I mean, it okay. is insanity. Uh, but it, it's uh, you know those people love their money and 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 all that. I don't so much care about the money because honestly, we're doing fine. You know what I mean? Like it's and I don't say that to like brag or whatever. Right, it's just right, a right. position that we're in that we happen to to be better positioned for this particular catastrophe than some others. And so, yeah. uh, but you know the. I, I, I do look at those people in those lines, man, and I just think, you know, isn't there some way we could we could do this to where it's it's still safe for everybody? They could go get what they need, you know. They could they could go back to work because I do think that you know when you hear those those massive unemployment numbers or whatever, first of all, those aren't real, or you know what I mean. Uh, I, I would I would be willing to bet that if you open this thing up a little bit, as much as fifty percent of them would be right back to work. Uh, you know, out of all those filings, that all fifty uh, percent would cease. You know, once you open things back up, and and they'd depending re, on you say they'd be rehired. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, I mean, because yeah. most of them are working for restaurants and and other mm. little small places like that that have just been laid off temporarily because they couldn't afford you know to keep their doors open for you know during the during this time, or they have been clo- mandatorily closed and they can't afford to pay their employees. Uh, which I, is what I thought the three hundred and fifty billion dollars was going for for the small businesses. Right, but, but of know. course, if if you if you reopen the businesses, mm-hmm. the businesses are not going to hire those people back immediately. That's going to come in phases, also. Well, I think I think that's true, but I think that they're going to hire a bunch of them back, and that's why I'm saying fifty percent. I would I would think fifty percent of those people would be back to work. I mean, to me, I mean, maybe. I mean, Maybe I don't know. I mean, this that, to me, this thing has been so, you know, it's been so dramatically impactful that I don't, I don't know. You know, businesses tend to be uh, well. I mean, they, you know, they tend to be conservative for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to protect owners and shareholders mm-hmm. and whatever else. So they're not going to. I don't think there's going to be this massive wave of rehirings. I think there'll be a trickle that will grow mm-hmm. as people get comfortable with this. I don't know. I think there'll be. I think there'll. Be be, there will be an initial wave uh, of, of getting some people. I mean, because honestly, if you 
let's say you're just the restaurant people alone. Okay, you open mm. a restaurant back up, and you're going fifty percent capacity at a restaurant. All right, mm. uh, you open. I mean, you're talking about every essentially every restaurant in America for the most part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's a even if you do fifty percent staff coming back to handle all fifty percent capacity, or a thirty percent staff, that's a ton of people. Well, I you know I'll say this: if you know, ideally, I would love it mm-hmm. if uh, you know if there could be some sort of um, you know massive rehiring. Um, as as Charles Blow with the New York Times has pointed out, and others have too, um, in black and brown communities, you know, you only have a small percentage of people under 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 twenty percent mm-hmm. who are able to work remotely. Right. So you got a lot of people who are in one or two categories in those communities. They're either going to work in high risk situations. Mm-hmm. Or they're just not working. Right. And so uh, I know in in those communities, and I'm a part of that community, I'm a black, I'm an African-American man. I would I have a great sympathy for that. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of me that that really resonates with what you're saying. Yeah. But I also think there's a danger to it. And I just don't think we're ready yet. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure you just called working with me high risk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Josh. Not you. I don't know. That's Not the way you. I think it. That's the way I think it. All right. Listen, we've probably talked way too long, but it's uh, it's okay. We were, I thought it was a pretty good discussion and then one that uh, people need to have and and yeah. it wasn't uh, you know crazy and and screaming at each other. So nah, that's pretty good. We don't do that. No, we don't do no, that. no. Yeah. yeah, one of us too old. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to slide out. We'll be back ages uh, with, with okay. Mayor Woodfin in just a moment. <laughs> Welcome back to the uh, to the show. We are uh, now joined uh, by Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin. Uh, Mayor, uh, first of all, ju- uh, welcome to. Ch- I know you're extremely busy, and we we promise we won't keep you long here. But I really appreciate you doing this. I'm happy to be on with you too, uh, Mayor. Uh, it, first of all, I've, I've admired the the work that you you've done in Birmingham uh, well before the the current crisis uh, cropped up, and uh, and how you've handled a lot of the issues that have t- taken place in the city, and and I think really moved things forward there, but. Uh, particularly what, what's going on now uh, and the, with the coronavirus and the, the troubling things that have gone on. Uh, you know, it, it's been, I think you've been out front uh, of most mayors uh, and, and, and state leaders on, on doing a lot of things there to kind of protect the people in Birmingham. And I guess uh, w- let, let's talk about, first of all, where, where you, what you have done and and how you have seen the results where you think things are right now uh, going forward well, I think everything we've done has been in the interest of saving lives from day one um, two um, preventing preventing a run on our hospitals and three making sure uh, the decisions we've made um, took into account um, even if it caused some pain it was worth doing to make sure uh, people weren't testing positive or was, were not going to be exposed to the COVID-19. Um, I think I would define today um, talking to you all as week five of being in this crisis mode for our city. 
Um, I imagine for our country, it probably started earlier. Um, in my position, um, you know, we have Jefferson County Health Officer Mark Wilson, and there has been no distance between Dr. Wilson and my office as it relates to yielding, taking the advice, and seeking guidance from the health professionals around in the middle of a health crisis, what decisions we need to make to save lives. You know, it, it seemed like at times, and, and you can correct me if, if, I, if I misconstrue anything here, but it, it seemed like at times you, you almost got pushback from, from state officials and state leaders there for doing the things uh, sooner than, than they ended up doing the same things. Uh, and, and it seemed like you were kind of having to fight with them while you, you were trying to save lives of the people in your city. Um, I think I think tough, unpopular decisions combined with leadership can be hard sometimes. Uh, but, you know, when you, if the end, at the beginning and the end of the day, if the goal is to save lives, then you make those decisions. You may not have the support you want to receive from others. Uh, you may not have, you may have other people push back and fight you, but you do what you think is necessary. Um, especially when you know you're not overreacting. I mean, let's let's be clear about this. I, I feel I don't feel that I was getting any information that was different from any other elected official uh, in the state, for that matter, in America. So, Mayor, to follow up on Josh's question, it does seem to me as though politics played a role in the pushback that you got. Do you assess it that way or not? Um, I wanted, I, I've, I've made these statements publicly, so I'm very comfortable sharing with you on this phone what I'm about to say. Um, it seems that at a certain point in our country um, that people um, started using the conjunction or that they were choosing between a health crisis or an economic crisis. And I fully reject the conjunction or and was thinking about and. You have to engage the health crisis and the economic crisis at the same time. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you that um, I'm very concerned about the economic crisis and as it relates to, as a city, I have an extreme heavy dependence on sales tax and use tax and occupational taxes and lodging taxes. And when they don't come in, um, as an organization, we're no different than the small business that's hurting. We have to make tough decisions. Um, but that shouldn't jump the line as it relates to the health crisis and making sure you're doing everything to save lives. And so I was disturbed a little bit as I watched the national conversation, not just here in the state, but as I watched the national conversation, um, it seems that others were choosing the conjunction or instead of and. I think that's a great point. And I want to follow up uh, by taking things in a little different direction, but but with the same set of concerns, perhaps, ultimately. Uh, we've heard repeatedly that black and brown communities are being disproportionately affected by uh, not not just on the healthcare end or the medical end, but on the economic end. 
you know, we're told that less than 20% of uh, black and brown people have the ability to telecommute or work remotely. So that puts them in a precarious position financially and with their jobs, being able to retain their jobs. What are you what are you seeing in Birmingham as it relates both to the disproportionate impact on uh, black Birmingham when it comes to comorbidities like diabetes and so forth? And also, what are you seeing as it relates to the economic impact on a population that is not able to telecommute and work remotely uh, as as many in the majority population are? I got a triple situation on my hand. That's the fourth um, blackest city in America. You have an overwhelming amount of black people here who I, I don't have to remind you to. You, we always know we always are ranked the state of Alabama 47, 48 most unhealthiest state um, in the union. And then when you break that down by county, Jefferson County has a high population of those who are un, unhealthy. And then within the county, Birmingham has this large um, unfortunate number of folk who have these underlying pre-existing conditions such as um, um, dealing with their heart, dealing with lungs and respiratory, dealing with diabetes, hypertension, and all these other pre-existing things that would cause, if they got the COVID-19 or coronavirus, it would be harder for them to recover um, and it would have a more adverse impact on them because of these pre-existing conditions. You have this other situation where because you have a city that has about a 30% poverty rate, um, some of these jobs that are deemed essential, it is these these frontline workers happen to be people of color and they are exposed, they're additionally exposed because they're not just at their place of work, but how they get from point A to B requires them to be um, in on public, um, the public roads via public buses. And that adds a, an additional layer of an issue. And then the third issue is for those small business owners, those who can't take care of themselves, but because of no COVID-19, their business has been shut down. And if they don't have a level seven bank they're engaging in, then they were on the outside looking in as it related to receiving some of that PPP money from the federal government. In addition to that, um, so many of the black businesses are sole proprietors here and you know but for them shutting their business down they can't even get unemployment insurance and so you add all of those issues i now have to balance on the solutions in an extra set uh, some additional eyes of say how do we solve for everything i just shared or one we over communicate i over communicate with faith leaders and other leaders in the community who are, can be an extension of my office to tell people to take this serious and stay at home because we don't need the spread of this um, virus um, being rampant among those with pre-existing conditions. Two, um, we, we created a, through the BHAM Strong um, organization, we created uh, this whole notion of a call center as well as now providing some form of transportation to make sure uh, people can know they can get tested, um, two, to see if they needed to be tested, and three, provide transportation if they um, needed to get to an actual testing site. 
as it relates to these hourly workers, I immediately started engaging the transportation department here at the, B, the Birmingham Jefferson County Transit Authority to make sure they implemented protocols so if these hourly vulnerable workers had to continue to work, that social distancing was practiced as much as it could be in these public spaces, which included public transportation, as well as engage the health officer in making sure um, while on these jobs at a grocery store or any of these type of places, that social distancing is also being practiced there. So the customer is not putting the hourly employee in harm and the hourly employee is not putting the customer at, in harm. You know, with all of that and all that you've done, you know, just looking at the numbers, and I think a lot of people are now pointing to, to Birmingham, Jefferson County as uh, as an example of, of, of how effective uh, the social distancing protocols and stay-at-home order uh, has been. Uh, so, so it seems as though things have—I don't want to say turned a corner, but but they're, they're getting better uh, at least. They're not, or they're not as bad as they were. Where do you see it going from here? I know there's a lot of talk about reopening the state or reopening certain areas. What are your thoughts on that? And what are y'all planning to do in the city of Birmingham? My initial thoughts and my gut tell me, don't stop listening to Mark Wilson in the Jefferson County Health Department. I think it's going to be really important for elected officials to shut up. All right. Let's just we need to shut up. Can they we do need, that? Can elected officials do that? I didn't know that that was... <laughs> we, I'm, no, man, I'm being real with y'all. We need to listen to those. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a health expert. I don't have a medical background. I don't understand how, vir- how viruses work. I need to shut up and listen to the experts to tell us where we are with the flattening of this curve and make sure that any decisions we make as it relates to the economic crisis, doesn't cause a second second wave of a health crisis. That's where I am. In terms of, I guess, uh, and, and first of all, I, 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 I don't know of anybody that would listen to that and disagree, uh, but um, in terms of, of the employees uh, there uh, that are working with the city and other places, uh, what about the hazard pay, uh, or, or are there any other programs that y'all are looking at going forward to, to try to help some of these people who have been greatly impacted by this? I think internally as it relates to our employees who have been deemed essential work. And workers and had to continue to come to work and share in the same anxiety and fear that any other citizen would have in this city or state for that matter. We've done everything we can. We've we've contracted with the third party organization to do deep cleans um, in in our buildings. We have our public um, uh, public work staff coming by every hour in our buildings, um, cleaning uh, workstations, cleaning doorknobs elevator buttons etc we put hand sanitizer inside and outside of each elevator for any of these city buildings we i have told them at this point um it was about three weeks ago open all doors so if there's less actual hands that are touching different doors um, um, that helps reduce possible exposure or risk in addition to that i think it was really important at some of these places where um, residents have to come in and interact with city city um, employees that we made we created and made makeshift barriers to create um, a distance between the actual um, resident and employee um, as it relates to keeping people safe 
Now the hazard pay was a simple. It was simple. Again, that fear and anxiety exists for these people to leave their homes from their families and come to work and possibly be exposed. So anything we could do to balance morale with our employees, as well as all the other tangible things we've done to keep them safe, uh, finding resources to support hazard pay because we're dealing with the health crisis was a no brainer. Well, listen, Mayor, I, I, you, you've been, you know, extremely straightforward here with us, which is unpolitician-like yeah. and, and unjournalist-like. We're going to keep you for the exact amount of time that we said we would and <laughs> not go over 15 minutes. Uh, and, and listen, I, I, at a time later in the future when things kind of get more back to normal, I'd love to have you back on the podcast and talk about yeah. the scholarship program that you have there in the city and all the other good things that you've done. And uh, But I, I really appreciate you taking some time out of what I know is another Another very busy day for you and coming on here with us. Absolutely. Thank you all for the time and please be safe. All right. All right. You, you too, Mayor. Thank you. That That is that is Mayor Randall Woodfin, uh, uh, Mayor of uh, City of Birmingham. And uh, listen, uh, uh, he doesn't cut. He doesn't. He doesn't beat around the bush on things. You no, know? Uh, it's no. straightforward. Uh, these are the facts. This is a serious situation. This is what we're going to do. And uh, you know, I, I I appreciate that. Uh, you know, out, out of a politician, and uh, you know, and, and it's a it, you know, it's a serious serious time, serious matter, and uh, they've got a serious mayor to to handle things there. And I think that uh, if I had to guess, we're going to see a lot more of uh, Mayor Randall Woodfin for for a while. Well, I I think so, and it, and basically. Based on what I've heard today, that's my first interaction with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an impressive young man. Yeah. Very impressive young man. I, I like the fact that he uh, has um, is approaching this not as an either-or proposition, yeah. but as a as an and, yeah. a but-and proposition. You know, this is a, a health care crisis of uh, serious proportions and an economic crisis mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta look at both and and assess it simultaneously i yeah. like that yeah and and i also like the uh, the rarity of a politician saying listen i don't know something yeah you know i, yeah. I don't i don't know this and yeah. these other people do and i'm gonna listen to what they say and we're gonna follow what they do and, that, and that's how it's, this is gonna work seems yeah. like a novel concept yeah, right yeah. if only we could get the people who lead the country yeah. i'll tell you to take that mindset i'll tell you he really, without knowing it, really crept on my theories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was waiting for you to say, man, I've got this idea about phasing uh, in stuff, but you didn't do that. I noticed uh, that you didn't do that. I, listen, I, you know, I didn't want to argue with the man. He was clearly wrong, but I didn't want to argue with him. <laughs> Well, listen, I, it, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with a guy who's saying he's listening to the doctors, and yeah. I'm not an epidemiologist, so I'm just listening <laughs> to them, and I'm thinking, well, I didn't get my epidemiology degree either, you know? <laughs> yeah, so that's where we are. But uh, listen, I, that was a good interview, and yeah. uh, I think that uh, I, I really, really appreciate him coming on in that. Yeah. Tough, tough time right now for for a lot of mayors, and uh, that was a uh, it was a good few minutes spent, and, and uh, I hope that uh, it enlightened some folks to how things should be working in, in their cities as well. Absolutely. So, All right, we're going to slide out of here. Back to close this thing up in a few minutes. All righty. Welcome back here to the finest podcast, um, you know, the most listened to weekly Alabama politics podcast. 
Yeah, there he is. Yeah, that's what the numbers tell us. And then, of course, the, the numbers meaning not just the thousands of people who just subscribe mm-hmm. or download or stream, mm-hmm. but also the fact that I think we're the only one. <laughs> No reason to continue to point that out. I actually, you know what? I, and I don't. I, I think we could probably remove the qualifier of weekly uh, on that. So I, I think we're probably at this point. Actually, I don't think I know we're we are the most listened to politics podcast in Alabama. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll claim that. We'll yeah. take that. That's I mean, ours. It's just that's all, us. That's us. I mean, that's us, yeah. um, you know, and, and there's no reason to explain it further. Right. So <laughs> what it is with you and all the facts that you like to put out there. Now, that's uh, <laughs> People only need to know so much, okay? <laughs> Slowly turn it into a Republican. I was going to say, that sounded uh, awfully Trumpian to me. Uh, like a Trumpian uh, press conference. I'm trying to open things back up. I'm like, well, ain't worth I'm limiting facts. For God's sakes, the next thing I'll be telling you is about trickle-down. Uh, 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 so... You know, in, in another conversation that we were having uh, about uh, voting, yeah, uh, coming up in November, uh, you, know, you you're, you are concerned uh, with the way that that's going to take place. Uh, uh, I don't know why with our Republican leadership. I mean, they've always been so so in tune with uh, with what voters need, especially in, in in terms of getting as many people out to the polls as possible. Yeah, their highest uh, priority. Yeah, right? that's uh, they really want to do that, uh, but. Uh, you know, I and I think again we kind of we kind of disagree slightly on uh, on on how things are going to look in mm. November. Uh, you know, I think everything's going to be fine. I mean, I think I, I'm always an optimist and I always think everything's going to be fine. But um, you know, I just I think that by that point we're 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 way far down the road here. Mm. Uh, at that point, we've we've all taken off our masks and, and you think so? Yeah, I mean, dancing in the sunlight. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's November, so it'll probably still be in the mid nineties here. Uh, so <laughs> well, here, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I don't necessarily think that. I don't think it'll all be sunshine and rainbows. But I do think that uh, that I think as we gradually start to to open things back up, that things will continue to get better. Uh, you know, I think there will be some flare-ups here or there. But, you know, and this is the other thing that I think needs to be stressed about the the, the disease itself is is the, the flare-ups and things that, that, that have occurred. The, the biggest problem with them is, is not so much in treating uh, those people. Uh, it is in the fact that the, the hospitals and everybody else are so overwhelmed by the numbers of people coming in that you can't properly treat people. Right. Uh, you know, if you could properly treat most people, uh, most people will recover from this. Uh, most people will never need hospitalization at all. But, uh, you know, a, a large majority of people will never need hospitalization at all. But, you know, the few that do. Uh, you know, you you can treat them and effectively, and those people will be okay so, uh, for the most part. So let me tell you why I think Democrats ought to be concerned okay. about November. Well, there are a lot of reasons Democrats ought to be concerned. One is that we know uh, Trump has already demonstrated that he is he is very open to, and, and in fact, not just open to, but but you know, gives tacit approval to uh, you well, know, election theft. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually invites it, mm-hmm. invites it, yeah. election theft and election tampering. He, he's done that before. Uh, so we know that that's that's part of his his agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that um, we know that the Russians have been involved. You know, we know that they've been involved based on uh, all everything that's been uh, reported and documented. So we should be concerned from that from that standpoint. Uh, 
but we should also be concerned because the base of the Democratic Party, especially in the South, mm-hmm. older black church-going people, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, I don't believe, and I could be wrong, but I don't believe in November you're going to have a massive turnout of black church-going people standing in lines, uh, at least not to the extent that we we really want and need. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be there's going to be people who that now I think I do think that they're going to want to vote. And I think that they're going to try to vote. But if it means, you know, standing in lines as though nothing has ever happened mm-hmm. pre-COVID-19, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't know. And I think, I'd say my uh, where we disagree here is, um, and my argument against that is three words, Wisconsin. Um, so but that may just be one word. Um uh, and, and I think that the prevailing attitude in Wisconsin was these people don't want us to vote. Right. So we're going to go vote. Right. Uh, and I think that will happen uh, if, if, if we have a setup to where there is some danger uh, in voting and they continue to refuse the mail-in voting, mm-hmm. um, which is, I believe, part of the reason why he wants to shut the post office down, um, you know, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, so yeah. I, I think that if that's a still, great point, by the way, we still that's think great point. Yeah. Every, every now and then, every, <laughs> every now and then, I'll bounce one right out there. Uh, but uh, listen, it's uh, I, I think that you, it's pretty easy to set up a. They don't want us to vote, so we're gonna we're gonna vote just to you know to give them the middle finger. Um, and and so I, and I believe that's what happened in Wisconsin is those people showed up in droves and the uh, conservative Supreme Court nominee that Trump was backing uh, publicly pushing on Twitter and everywhere else encouraging people to go out and vote for uh, lost fairly handily uh, right so that that did happen now let's wait let's give now Wisconsin only happened what a few weeks ago a couple weeks week. ago last week mm-hmm. okay last week uh, so uh, you know I I I don't know about you, by the way, as, a, as an aside, but I find myself, because I'm just home all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I get a little fuzzy with the days sometimes. Yeah, I have to, yeah, actually, yeah, I wake yeah. up and I have to ask, uh, what day is it? Yeah. So, but anyway, okay, so that Wisconsin happened last week. So, um, let's, give, let's give it some time to see whether or not there were any health implications from that. Because if there is a spike mm-hmm. in COVID-19 cases there... People are going to notice that, especially in that in that vulnerable population. The populations that tend to be most vulnerable yeah. in this country are black and brown. So I'm just saying, you know, I think it, it's possible that you're I mean, I think the spirit mm-hmm. of the people is right where you're talking about. Yeah. But I think the reality is, is that if they see any or get any sense of mm, it's a risky proposition to, mm-hmm. and there are no provisions being made. Then I just think there's going to be a depressed turnout. Well, as long as we've got spirit, you know, we've well, got we we've need, got spirit. We yes, we do. Yeah, we need. We've it. got spirit. We need. How about you? <laughs> um, no, I, I and and I don't just. I I think it could it could uh, suppress some some votes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that said, I think that uh, there will be some opportunities to do the the, the mail-in voting mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, and, you know, while it's technically no excuse, um, uh, you know, the, the fact that we've got a lie uh, here and are being encouraged publicly by our state officials to lie uh, in order to get an absentee ballot mm-hmm. uh, is really pretty astounding. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if it's that astounding, but you know, the fact that they're just coming right out and admitting that's what they're doing is maybe astounding. But um, Explain to people what you mean. Well, in order to get a, an absentee ballot here, uh, you know, they, they instituted, uh, for the primary at least, uh, they've in- instituted a new policy where mm-hmm. all you have to do is check a box saying that you are in a you know illness mm-hmm. or you have an illness or you you're afraid that an underlying illness is going to cause you uh, death or whatever right. uh, and so all of that, and they were encouraging everybody who didn't want to go do uh, vote in person to just check that box and that their vote would be counted and which is essentially like saying mm, you know even if you don't have it just lie yeah, you know and instead of just putting on there look if you like one just Say you want one, and we'll give you one. You know, and it just doesn't. You know, I understand that technically they were, you know, they looked at the law, and the law had some provisions in there, or whatever. So to keep from trying to have to change the law or working around it or having the election invalidated by court at some point, they just went with that, mm-hmm. uh, and then said, "Hey, y'all lie about it. You know, do whatever." Uh, so you know, that's what they're going to do. But you know, uh, it, it's a. Um, weird state man uh and, and we and i wrote again today about uh medicaid expansion and the continued nonsense uh, of that uh and and the ex- continued excuses uh of of not expanding medicaid at this point which utterly are, ridiculous uh, it, it is utterly ridiculous because you know what they, what they will say to you every time is uh well that you, you're still gonna have to come up with a lot of money uh you know for this and we just don't have it but they do have money for everything else, uh, for everything that they want to do. Prisons. They're going to be. They're going to build three prisons, and it's going to cost over a billion dollars. Right. The final price tag for this thing is going to cost over a billion dollars. Right. Economic incentive money. They gave eight hundred and seventy-one million dollars to Toyota Mazda, a bunch of billion-dollar companies. I understand they're going to produce jobs. And they're going to do things. So will expanding Medicaid. Exactly. You know, uh, exactly. they're going to provide exactly. provide a lot of jobs and a lot of good health care for people uh, by expanding right. Medicaid. Uh, but again, who are we talking about? Right. We're talking about the party for whom people's personal well-being is secondary to mm-hmm. making money. And, and this is where I think uh, I, I have the biggest problem with the people who I live with and live around mm-hmm. here is this is y'all. I mean, you know what I mean? This is this is this is people you know. This is your family members. These are your friends. These are mm-hmm. hell, it may even be you. Uh, right. You know, that's who well, this it is. It often helping. is. It yeah. often is them. And and not only that, yeah. people often look at it and as us. a as a well, that's for the poor people. Right. You know? But oh hell no, it's not. It's for everybody that you know who is a nurse mm-hmm. uh, and a doctor or who works in the healthcare field or who does medical billing. All those people would be. Uh, positively impacted That's by right. this right here because you're going to open up a ton of clinics and hospitals around this around this state in a lot of areas that are underserved uh, and so you're going to open up a ton of jobs for those people to do these things and, and so and those jobs are are good jobs yeah. you know 
And on top of that, even if you don't really, you know, the, the money doesn't sway you, and who the hell are you living in Alabama if money doesn't sway you, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you're also going to then, by the way, give 400,000 people health care, uh, you know, and they can go to the doctor, they can get regular checkups, they can, they, you know, they, they could not miss work for routine things, they could not have small problems grow into large problems that cost us way more money in the long run to treat and fix for them. Um you know, all of those things are the benefit of this here. Well, it's not the best plan in the world, all right? And nobody is ever saying that it was the best plan in the world. Right. But it is a the best plan we have right now. Well, and these are people who don't seem to grasp that this, you know, economic inequality mm-hmm. can lead to a dystopian society. It can lead to a total breakdown of life as we know it. So you think that your money, your 401k or your bank account or whatever it is, insulates you from problems, but you forget that you need the people who are working in the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. You need the people who are working at the gas stations. You need the people who work at the at the dry cleaners mm-hmm. and the drug stores, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And they need to be in good health. Mm-hmm. They need to be in functional situations. So when you have an economic inequality that leads to a societal breakdown, uh, then you're going to be you're basically creating a dystopian society. And then what you're going to have is a situation where your money is going to be worthless mm-hmm. because it's not going to be able to buy you services because there isn't there aren't going to be people who are in good health and who are in good shape to be able to provide you with those services. You know, your your money means nothing if there's no service economy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's no functioning service economy. And how do you have that without people? to work in that economy. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, I've got Apple Pay, so I can, I, that doesn't affect me. <laughs> just, right, because uh, there's no, there are no service people right. between you and your Apple Pay. It's right. just you and Apple it's Pay. Me and Apple Pay making the world go round. <laughs> uh, no, it's, listen, that's the, that's the bubble, though, you know. Yeah, that's the bubble it. that people, we talk about people that. live in. That's right, and, and, that's right. And, and it's a, it's a bad problem that we have, and and a lot of people have been conditioned by uh, their love of the Republican Party in this state uh, to only view the world within that little twenty five yard mm-hmm. bubble around themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever exists in their world is the reality, uh, and they can't imagine or comprehend a world that uh, that involved growing up differently than they are growing up without things that they have living without things that they that they Mm. enjoy and take for granted and uh you know and so uh i don't know you know i don't know how to get past that i don't know what to do with those people that that refuse to see that but maybe today uh you you would hope that the pandemic has been has been giving uh, some people some insight into that however Mm. uh speaking of right wing nut of the weeks uh, here um makes you wonder doesn't it yeah you know there's a whole group of people up in michigan uh, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in Ohio as well, correct? Yeah, uh, it was Ohio, Ohio as well. As well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a I bunch was, of white people waving. It was Ohio. Waving. It was Ohio. It was Ohio. Okay. I, I remember seeing okay. the photo. It looked like a bunch of zombies pressed up against the window. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it. Uh, they were they're they're protesting a bunch mm. of white people with Confederate flags. 
Uh, oh, of course. R- running around Confederate flags and Trump flags in Michigan. Flags uh, and, and there were some in Ohio yeah. as well. Uh, but yeah. uh, the, the mainly those people were in Michigan, the ones waving the Confederate flags and blocking traffic and, uh, you know, uh, standing. And there were some standing outside of yeah. uh, of Governor Bashir's office in Kentucky. But, yeah. but Confederate flags in Ohio and Michigan, I'm just saying that this, the stupidity and the historic irony of that. Well, I, I, listen, I, for one, think it was very, very fitting uh, that. That once again, the Confederate flag has been associated with stupid people and a dumb cause. Yeah. Uh, so you know you got that going for them. Uh, but it, it's. Uh, but it but it does it definitely shoots a, a hole in the argument that this is about our Southern heritage. No, this is about hate. Yeah. It's about hate discrimination. Yeah. It's about hate. Yeah. It's a it's about uh, just a, a rallying symbol of of uh, rebellion. Yeah. Uh, by by a group of fake oppressed white people uh, that believe that other people are getting more advantages than them, even though they've got every advantage in the world and mm-hmm. always have. Uh, and so that's what they, they get out and scream about is that their rights are being taken away because somebody else got the same rights they did. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what it's always been about. That's what it's always going to be about. And no matter how long this goes on, those people are always going to look and sound ridiculous. And no one, uh, no one is ever going to take them seriously. Uh, you know, and they're just not. And I mean, what they did in Michigan yesterday, that, that, that's truly right wing nut. Territory, right wing nut of the year territory. I think so. Yeah, the, you know, blockading, blockading uh, the, the the state capital, and to try to um, to make a point that uh, they're going to defy the governor's stay at home orders, and in the process, they are uh, also preventing healthcare workers from getting to work. Yeah. You know, and from being able to help the very people in need, who could end up being one of them. In fact, you you got that sound? You're going to play that sound? Uh, I, I, which one? From the healthcare worker. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. we'll 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 try to we'll, we'll play a portion of it. Yeah. And, uh, um, but I, I mean, it's just you know, I mean, it's it's so it, again. All back to the bubble, uh, yeah. the the twenty five yards around them bubble. And they can't see anything else. And I and I know people that people are going to say, well, why are you saying it's about race? Well, well, first of all, why are the Confederate flags there? Yeah, you know, let's start there. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's the first indicator that yes, what Josh, as a white man, yeah. is saying is exactly right. That this is you can't, you really can't, uh, you cannot extricate race from really a lot of the things that happen in this country. And people want to say otherwise, but it's, well, it's not about race, it's about it. Well, if you really, if you scratch beneath the surface, in a lot of cases it is, and the the Confederate flags are, I think, prima facie evidence that, bam, this is about race in the minds of many people. Yeah, and it's, you know, but more so than anything, it's about stupid people. I yeah, mean, really, well, it's, it's about people. Bigotry is stupid. And, and listen, I understand that, that and, and maybe there is a discussion to be had about what's going on with, with some of the orders and, and the restrictiveness of, the, of some of the orders. And whether, as you've heard here earlier, mm. I d- I've disagreed with some, some parts of what's taking place here, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. uh, with, with not allowing some businesses to open while others are. And so I understand that there's a discussion to be had there. But but 
that is dumb. I mean, what you're doing there, you you look like a, cra- a bunch of crazy people, and that may be because you are. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's another Charlottesville in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, at least it's parallel to that. It's it's another version of tiki torches and, yeah. and and Nazis. I mean, and why do I say that again? Because the Confederate flags were there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that high end note, we're going to come back to being <laughs> quarantined and oppressed for another week. So that's uh, yeah. or quarantined and depressed, I guess I should well, say. Well, we've got we've got we've got we got classic NBA basketball on Wednesday nights, and we've got Netflix. Uh, stop it! I finished Netflix a while back. So, <laughs> all right. Now listen, let me thank uh, Mayor Randall Woodfin for coming on here with yeah. us, uh, and as always, uh, Chip Brownlee for uh, making this thing halfway decent. Chip. Uh, and. Uh, uh, you know what? Until next week, you guys wear the masks, keep your distance, stay safe, and uh, try to be happy. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> That's right, hand sanitizer. All right, thank y'all.